I just have to say after this afternoon, you guys intimidate us. <laughs> Those speeches were something else and uh, quite impressive. Um, I thought, you know, I get asked a lot of questions, mainly how did you break in? So I thought that I'd start by saying I have the dubious distinction, I guess, of deciding I wanted to be a producer and then producing the biggest movie of all time, <laughs> E.T. So I had to sit back and sort of say, whoa, most people get into their careers and they realize they have to work very hard and begin the process of, as we were talking about yesterday, persevering, finding what your passion is. And here it had already happened. And so I thought I'd tell you a little bit about the path I took, because a lot of you talk about trying to find the path, trying to hurry the path along, thinking that maybe there's some formula. I went to school to be a nurse. Um, clearly that had nothing to do with anything I'm doing today. And when I entered school, I took the normal elective classes, one of which was a broadcasting class. And I found that it touched something that I knew nothing about. So I began to explore that a little bit. And uh, I went to work as a volunteer at a PBS station while I was in school. Then I met a couple of students who were working at a local television station, KCST. And I went over to observe. And one day I was sort of hanging about and watching what was going on, and production manager came running in very distressed. And he said, I have two camera operators out sick. Do you know how to operate a camera? I said, yeah. I had not a clue. <laughs> but I thought once I got that headset on and I could talk to the director in the booth, I'd figure it out. And the show was pretty simple. It was a local television show that was called Dialing for Dollars. And uh, you'd watch a movie, the host would get on the telephone, call people, see if they could name the count and the amount. I was the camera on the host. The camera on the amount was a lock-off. So as you can see, this wasn't terribly difficult. And I realized later the fact that I said yes opened the door to a wide variety of things. I went on to four years of videotape editing, news producing, some directing. Uh, I was able to operate camera on NFL football games, which at the time was kind of a novelty, rock concerts. Uh, I just got a wealth of experience, but I still kept saying to myself, this is fun, this is kind of exciting, but this isn't really what I want to do. And I went to a movie called Close Encounters. And those credits came up, and I said, boy, that's what I want to do. So I called a roommate who happens to be standing in the back of the room, who is married to Bob Zemeckis. Uh, rather ironic that our lives came back together. But I called her up, and I said, you know, if you hear of anything, you know, give me a call. I think I want to make a change. 
Well, a week later, she called. And the movie that I had an opportunity to work on was 1941. And that's how I met Stephen. Some people think that I made really good tea, and I did. <laughs> and I also got the opportunity from making really good tea to go on to do many, many other things within the film business. And the one thing in describing this path is that I think it's really important to understand every single thing that you come in touch with, do it well. Thank you. Hi. Um, after hearing all of you sort of ask questions and discuss things uh, over the weekend, I, um, I had just a couple of thoughts, and I really wanted to encourage you all to keep an open mind, because there's many, many possibilities out there, and I don't think there's a need to hurry. Um, you don't have to decide right now, you know. Look at a lot of different options. Um, I remember when I was in high school, my dad used to have a guitar seminar at our house every Saturday. My dad was a composer and a guitar player. And he would teach whoever came by whatever kind of guitar they wanted to learn. Most of us wanted to learn Puff the Magic Dragon or Surf City or something like that. And then there was my cousin, who was a little younger than us. He was 12 at, at that time. And he'd sit often in the corner. And he just loved this classical stuff. You know, none of us could understand this. You had to learn how to read music. You had to do all this other stuff. But he had some sort of passion for it. And I think you'll admit that he also had a perseverance for it because nobody was saying to him, hey, kid, keep practicing. There are a lot of opportunities out there for classical guitarists. And I think you'll also agree that last night you saw that passion even 35 years later, and that was Chris Barkinick. So, but unfortunately, I wasn't like Chris, and I wasn't like Bruce Willis, who knew that he wanted to act at nine. I had no clue. So when I went to UCLA, I didn't go to film school. I had a lot of other interests. I started in engineering. I majored in engineering for a year. I majored in drama for a year. And then my last two years, I majored in poli-sci. I was going to go to law school. But I also loved sports. I wanted to be a soccer player. I was a magician. I played guitar. I, did, I had all these other things. But um, one Christmas, my parents uh, sort of dragged me to a Christmas party. I wanted to go skiing. They said, no, no, come to this party. You might meet somebody interesting there. And I know, believe it or not, your parents do have good ideas every once in a while. <laughs> Remember that. Um, it was at a very famous director's house named John Ford. And uh, so I did go and met a lot of interesting people. And there was this one guy who was about 27 years old. And he was as about as passionate about movies as anyone I had ever met. And he was like a wealth of knowledge. He knew every movie, who the director was, who the actors were. And he was there doing a book on Ford. And he was so enthusiastic and so passionate, it sort of was catching. And he said, I'm going to get a chance to uh, direct my first movie. And I thought, well, that's neat. I, I had no idea how this worked. And I said, well, it sounds like fun. You know, if you need any help, anybody to, you know, make the coffee or carry the trash out or something, uh, you know, give me a call. He said, well, 
maybe I'll do that. And sure enough, three months later, he called me up and he said, there's no money for this movie. I can't pay you anything, but um, you, you still want to you know, help out? And I said, sure, which is another, I think, lesson. If you see something you like, you know, start at the bottom. Doesn't matter about the money. And so I went out, and for the next two months, I fell in love with making movies. And it was the greatest introduction you have because we, because we didn't have any money. Got to do everything, a little acting, a little shooting the camera, building the sets. I mean, it was fabulous. It wasn't work. It was a, a passion. It became really a passion. And Peter and I, Peter Bogdanovich and I, then went on in our careers sort of growing together. And I learned that my strengths and my abilities lay in organizing things and, and in the production side. And he grew as a director. And we went up together in our third movie together, Paper Moon. I became his producer. And then on our fourth movie, which was called Daisy Miller, we were over in Rome shooting this little little studio called Safa Palatino and down near the Colosseum, which was kind of great, you know, 24 years old, living in Rome. It was cool. And uh, there was a luncheon one day for this other young director who was touring Europe with a, a movie he had made here for television but was being distributed in Europe as a movie. And it was this movie about a truck chasing a car. And uh, so I heard he was going to come by. He was coming by to visit our editor, a wonderful, wonderful woman named Verna Fields, who eventually later cut Jaws for Stephen. And so he was coming by to visit. So they had this lunch all laid out, and Peter was there, and Sybil Shepherd, and a couple of the other actors, and Verna, and our production designer. Everybody was having lunch. And I was still on the set, and I came running in and had a couple of bites of spaghetti and said, nice to meet you, Stephen, and asked Peter a question about the next shot and ran off. And later, Verna told me that Stephen turned to her at that moment and said, that's the kind of guy I need. Somebody who's more interested in the movie than in eating. So five years later, when, he was, when Stephen was sitting on the beach with George in Maui, the famous story about coming up with Raiders of the Lost Ark, George Lucas said to Steven Spielberg, who do you want to produce this movie? And Stephen said, let's see if we can find that guy, Frank Marshall. So I guess my, the, the moral of this story, my advice is to really always follow your passion and always try and do your best when you're pursuing that passion because you never know who's watching. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.